is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Your friends don't play fantasy? LOL. What a bunch of nerds. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And welcome back to another episode of What Do I Do Without David Johnson? Welcome to the show. This is Fantasy Football Today. Went through the waiver wire yesterday. Let's see who was at it in CBSSports.com leagues today. Adam Azer and a still uh, wandering Jamie Eisenberg. The nomad Jamie Eisenberg. Hello, Jamie. I don't know if I'm wandering. I've kind of been in the same place uh, yeah. for about a week now. New York, Connecticut. You're like going through all these different states. You're so Well, wild. yeah, I guess if that's the case, I was in Baltimore. I was in New York. I was in – I am in still in Connecticut. And I think I'll be home – tomorrow but yeah never know yeah so uh, we appreciate jamie in his hotel room hanging out with us talking fantasy football which is back and that means that fanduel's back sign up today fanduel.com click the join now button and use our code cbs pod new users get free entry into the nfl sunday million with over one million dollars in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on fanduel and you use that code cbs pod void where prohibited all right, a lot to get to today. It's a trade show. It's a waiver wire recap show. It's an email show at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Definitely want to talk a little buy low, sell high. I just got a, I just got a terrible trade offer in the podcast league. People are azer trading the hell out of me. It doesn't feel good to be on this end of it, Jamie. <laughs> what was the trade offer? Uh, I would give up, I, you know what? I guess it's not that bad. I guess it's not that bad. Uh, I would give up Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah. In a 14-team PPR league. So the Lions running backs, Riddick and Abdullah, for Andre Ellington and Jordan Reed. Not that bad. If I don't, if who's, I your, who's your tight end and who are your backup running backs? Fleener. Okay. I don't know. It's a 14-team league. There's no way I have, like, good running back depth. But it's – you know what? It's not That's that not bad. A bad it's trade. not that bad of a trade. But I'm not but doing it. But the reason you shouldn't do it is because what if Fleener's – Season that we thought was going to happen last know, year happens this year. I know. Plus, Jordan Reed is a broken toe. Like, I'm not gonna. I I can't invest too much. Uh, so no, but that that's not a, a bad move by whoever's approaching you is to more so probably in a 12 team league than a 14 team league because you're less apt to give up an entire backfield. But to try and buy low on guys that still have plenty of potential. And in Amir Abdullah's case, we told you he was going to have a rough start to the season because of the schedule. But he still got 18 touches in that week one game against Arizona. And now he's at the Giants this week. And, and I want to call Amir Abdullah a buy low, Jamie. But I guess my only fear – you and I, I feel like, have liked Amir Abdullah forever. Uh, I think my only fear is that they give up on him after potentially four bad weeks to start the year. Like Cardinals at the Giants, Atlanta, not sure about them. And then at Minnesota, and then Carolina. I, I don't know. Like I, I just I want the I, I want to know that Detroit will stick with him because then if if they do then he should be a pretty good buy low guy. The problem will come is if he look they're going to give carries to other guys. We knew that going in. Yeah. So if Dwayne Washington breaks off some big runs or has a, a nice performance on a couple of drives, then that's where the problem will come. Riddick is locked into his role. He'll get a couple of carries. You know he's going to be a factor in the passing game. So he just needs to don't not fumble. And get what's available to him. And the matchups are just understandably tough. I would assume that the, the coaching staff knows that. So if they just keep giving him 15 plus touches, 
if he makes it through this rough patch, yeah, he could be very good. All right, uh, let's we'll get back to buy low, sell high, but we got to talk about Chris Johnson and well, not really so much him, but David Johnson, who's out two to three months after wrist surgery. Bruce Arians, though, he said that they're hoping to get him back around the holidays. Uh, is that Thanksgiving? Is that Christmas? Is that uh, is there like Hope some it's not New Year's? Some other holiday yeah. <laughs> there? Uh, Halloween. Let's get him back by Halloween, right? That's that's. It'd be bad did. if it was Memorial Day. It would be pretty bad. So I mean, it's possible he misses almost all of the season. Drop or hold David Johnson. I'll give you two scenarios. I have David Johnson in one league. It's a 12-team league with very deep benches. I think we have six guys on our bench or seven guys on our bench. Um, the commissioner actually initially started this league with an IR spot. People were abusing it, so he just added another bench spot. So I'm going to hold him in that scenario because I think I have a good enough team that I can make it through. Um, a friend of ours, James Questell, uh, former producer of Fantasy Football Today, our video show, has a five-man bench with a three-receiver league where he has David Johnson. It's very difficult in that type of form, especially he's also the Andrew Luck owner. Uh. Very difficult to carry all these guys that are not going to help you. So if you're in a situation where you don't have somebody that can help you, first off, I'd try and trade him, mm-hmm. see if somebody will buy low with the thought of that they have him in the playoffs. Uh, somebody but, emailed us today and said, should I trade David Johnson for Mike Gillisley? I You have to do that, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Of course. And, and and I would say to the Mike Gillisley owner, if you think your team is good enough to make it to the championship game, then and you're never going to play Mike Gillisley, it's it's a smart move to just try and make that. that Whoa, uh, really? Because I, let's just say yeah. let's just say that Gillisley was your your fourth. It could be a ten team league where Gillisley is your your fourth running back. You know, you you ended up with Elliott in a good situation. You drafted Lashawn McCoy round one, Elliott round two. Uh, you you got maybe. I don't know, uh, somebody good. Well, if you got and, Kareem Hunt and, and Ezekiel Elliott, I guess. Kareem Hunt in round seven but and, 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 uh, Gillespie. So. But, but shouldn't we at least allow for the possibility that David Johnson just does not come back? Cause sometimes guys get hurt, we get a timetable, like there's a setback, and then they just, and then we never see them. T- totally. And, you know, it's, but it's one of those things where I don't know the extent of his injury. Dislocations are tricky. And it's, 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 uh, it is something that, you know, it's not lower leg, it's not back, it's, you know, they, they could potentially put him in a, in a scenario of that he's able to play through it. And again, I don't know by any stretch that that's possible, but I'm just speculating that if it is just the two months and he is back by, like you said, by Halloween or, or certainly in the beginning of November, you'd love to have that guy in any capacity on your team. Yeah, no, but Halloween, I was joking. It seems like December, it seems like late November, December would be the earliest for David Johnson. Well, if it's if it's two months from now, so that's n- November fifteenth. Let's just yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be that would be the low end, I guess, the low low end. T- um, totally, it's 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 just being optimistic, and and you never know if in that particular league they could have IR spots. So you're trying to help somebody else while you could stash them and still well, pick up somebody to help you. Yeah, that's different, I guess. I I didn't drop David Johnson in any of my three leagues, but I looked at one of my teams and I said, I'm probably going to have to drop him soon, uh, but I'll try to trade him, I guess. Like like I. Would you trade him for Amir Abdullah? I think Adam, in, in any situation, you just have to evaluate. Yes, you know. So if if you think that you need somebody to get you through, it's going to be like right now. You should be okay because you should have drafted for some level of depth. And if you lost David Johnson, you're probably on the early part of the waiver side, or you know, if you're Fab situation. So you hopefully had the chance to get one of Tariq Cohen, Javorius Allen. 
any of the Cardinals backups because they all three should be available. And so I think if you could just, it's, it's like the Ezekiel Elliott situation. If you could find a way to get yourself through this until he's back, then you should be okay. Conversely, if you could find a way to get somebody to help you, if you have to give up on him, then sure, make a move for somebody like Abdullah. All right. What's your take on the Cardinals backfield? Um, messy. But I, I think you got to take it week by week. So Kerwin Williams is the guy for this week because he is most likely to get the most carries. Uh, I would imagine they have to make sure Chris Johnson's up to speed and get him ready to go. And Andre Ellington will work on passing down. So I still would have prioritized him. I don't know what you guys talked about yesterday, but I still would have prioritized it. Kerwin Williams one, then Chris Johnson two, and then Andre Ellington three. We didn't really talk about Chris Johnson. You did not? Not really. He got signed late. And, and honestly, right. I, I picked up Chris Johnson in one league. Uh, I don't remember the set. He was not my first waiver claim. It's just the one I got. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I put in a $4 bid on him. I think in our 14, uh, maybe our 14, I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I don't know that Curran Williams isn't a good running back. I said this, I said this yesterday. When he's been given the opportunity, he's done well. He averages like, what are that, 5.3 yards per carry? You know, that might, might be, might be a little high in his career, but. Well, yeah, he had, he had the game last year in week 17 when Johnson got the knee injury, 12 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he's done, he's done fine. I just, he's not going to catch the passes like, like Johnson did. No, and, and, and I think the other part of it is, you know, Chris Johnson was their guy. You know, I don't know if you saw the quote from Bruce Arians on Monday. He said David Johnson became David Johnson because of an injury, and that was Chris Johnson getting hurt. And Johnson's had a lot of good moments clearly in his career and certainly for Bruce Arians. Um, but he's 32, I think, now. And, you know, as we've seen already, one running back of 32 break, breakdown with Danny Woodhead. Um, it, it's not easy to count on those guys. Mm-hmm. And Ellington, once upon a time in 2013 and 2014, was their guy. You know, so – you could be looking at a situation where if they decide to maybe lean on him a little bit. So I, I think it's just one of those scenarios where if, if again, Kerwin Williams should be your best bet, but if you're comparing him to the other two guys who are available on waivers, he should be third behind Tariq Cohen and behind, uh, Javorius Allen if you're still able to make, you know, bids on Wednesday. I didn't, um, I think, I feel like Dave was probably in your camp. I wasn't sure in standard scoring. Like I, I definitely see I don't I didn't have too much interest in PPR in uh Kerwin Williams. But in standard I don't I don't know. Uh I I don't know Cohen's so interesting. But obviously like yeah, Cohen and Allen have to be added and, and Williams too. We'll look at the most added list. Uh we gotta talk about uh one more thing here. Dave, they, first of all, they left, they lost their left tackle for a few weeks. Uh, DJ Humphreys most likely out for a few weeks with a knee injury. So things are bad for Arizona right now. And, um, I don't think if you, if it's too late, maybe I should, I should have brought this up yesterday. I'm sorry. I don't think you should drop John Brown. And I didn't drop JJ Nelson either because they lost their second leading receiver from last year in David Johnson. They lost 879 yards, 80 catches, and four receiving touchdowns. That hey, why would, would you drop those guys? Oh, I mean, people were thinking about dropping. Well, first of all, JJ Nelson's barely owned, right? But, uh, yeah. John Brown. Well, why would you drop John Brown? He had a bad game. We said don't drop him, but people thought about it. I mean, he was on the dropo meter. I got several submissions. Should I drop John Brown? And he's, sure. well, uh, I mean, look, when, 74% you see, owned. uh, you see Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay and, um, you know, Nelson Aguilar, those are the three big wide receivers. If they were available to you, you have to cut somebody. But I wouldn't have so, cut Brown, would you? Huh? I wouldn't have cut Brown for them. I would take Cooper Cup over John Brown. All right. 
That's fu- that's fair. Uh, yeah, but Brown is 74% owned and has got a chance to fill that void. That's another big angle in this that they need a lot of production in the passing game now without David Johnson. Uh, do you think Danny Amendola plays this week at New, at New Orleans? I'm not sure. I picked him up in a couple of leagues just because he's clearly going to be their slot guy. Um, I, I know that there was some question about that after Julian Edelman initially went down about who would fill the void in, just in terms of targets. But I think you're, you're looking at what happened in week one. Um, there, there's always going to be injury concern with him, but he was, uh, you know, six for a hundred before he went out. So why not just take a chance on it? If you don't need to start anybody this week and you just have an empty roster spot, I dropped him in one league for, uh, for Dante Moncrief. You know, I think that's an easy decision. You added uh, him for, you dropped Moncrief for him. Huh? You at you dropped Moncrief for him. I dropped Moncrief to pick up right. Danny Amendola. Yeah. Uh, I would not drop John Brown to pick up Danny Amendola just to you know tie that whole thing in. But I think if you're in any sort of PPR league and Danny Amendola is just sitting there, why not speculate on? He's forty percent owned. I, this is this is someone who who I think needs to be added. It seems like uh, you feel that way too, Danny Amendola. I think I put him fourth on the list of priority yesterday. At receiver, yeah. The two rookies and Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Woodhead is out six to eight weeks with a hamstring injury, so he'll be dropped in a lot of leagues. And, uh, would you, how stashable is, is, uh, Woodhead? Deep leagues, I think it's fine. Uh, certainly PPR more so than standard, but what are you holding on to at this point? You know, it, it, it was never going to be a situation where he was going to dominate carries, as we're well aware. Um, the hope would be is that he would have relived his glory days. Um, so if you if you can stash that, hopefully that that still materializes when he is back on the field. But uh, this is a guy when he's missed time, he's missed extended time, and and this is different. You know, he he didn't tear his ACL, he didn't break his ankle like he did you know that one season. But uh, it's it's hard for guys to uh, you know get back on the field when they're this age and dealing with soft tissue injuries. And uh, Odell Beckham, you think he'll play at Detroit this weekend or Monday night? That was the report. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure you paid attention to it. I know we, we had the podcast Sunday night. Uh, he was warming up before the game and looked fine to me, um, you know, in the one video that I saw, but clearly he wasn't ready to go. So, uh, the initial thought was four weeks. This would be four weeks and hopefully he's, uh, he's good to go. I, I, I'd be shocked, um, you know, not, not to, uh, uh, you know, downgrade his want to play in any scenario, but it'd be a little shocking to see him miss two primetime games. All right, so those are your your big news items. We got more for you later. Just a waiver wire recap for us. Jamie seemed to to really like Javoris Allen based on our leagues, and like it's so different how you prioritize guys in in certain formats. Uh, we're in a fourteen team lead together, our podcast league, and Jamie spent thirty one dollars on Javoris Allen. Heath and I got him for four dollars in the twelve team podcast rejects league. Team Heathdom, four dollars on Allen, but. Uh, it seemed like, uh, you were pretty interested in him, and like we said, he got most of his carries in garbage time, but, uh, yeah, definitely has a role to fill now with Woodhead out perhaps eight weeks or more. And, and not only that, if Terrence West gets hurt, he's now the guy there. So, I think you're gonna see him used, uh, quite a bit. You know, I went back and looked, and I thought, I agree with you, it was, uh, the majority of it was garbage time, but I went back and looked and saw, when he was on the field, he had a couple first quarter carries. He had a couple second quarter carries. So even when Woodhead was still healthy uh, in the first quarter, at least, they still went to Javoris Allen. So I think it goes back to what we talked about way, way back in the preseason when Kenneth Dixon was still a factor, that they weren't necessarily going to give Terrence West all the work 
It was going to be a committee. And now Allen fills kind of the Dixon role, fills the Woodhead role. Uh, I don't know if you saw the report yesterday, but Joe Flacco said that Michael Capanero yeah. could be somebody that can, um, you know, potentially help fill some of that pass catching duties. So that could put a potential wrench in, in Allen and West. Um, I still think West is the, the guy there, uh, clearly. And he's somebody you want to start this week against Cleveland. But Allen is someone that you want to take a speculative look if you can. And if you need to make an aggressive move, I wouldn't have spent $31 in a 12-team league or 10-team league, clearly. But right, right. there's slim pickings in that league. And so I like the way my team is set up. And now I have a potential six-week flex option, especially if he does be become that woodhead guy. Remember, they lost 300 targets from a year ago, and they threw the ball 100 times to their running backs. He didn't do it at all in week one. I think uh, West had one target. Well, he threw so. three times the woodhead, <laughs> and then he didn't I'm sorry. Do it. Uh, excuse me. Then he didn't Aside do it. from woodhead. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, right. No, you're right. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and we both uh, seem to prioritize Danny Amendola. Uh, you dropped Dante Moncrief for him. I might uh, I might go ahead and put in a claim for Dante Moncrief. I dropped Sterling Shepard and Robbie Anderson for Moncrief or for uh, for Danny Amendola, who, like I said, 40% on. A little surprised by that, probably because he's got the little injury note next to him in the concussion, and he might not play this week. But uh, hopefully, Danny Amendola gets back soon, and you'll have your opportunity to go and go to go to Foxborough, go to Gillette Stadium, go see Danny Amendola play, uh, and you can do that on SeatGeek. Go anywhere you want, and you can with just two taps. You can get your tickets on SeatGeek no matter where you are. I got the SeatGeek app on my phone. I can instantly find seats. I, I've used SeatGeek for Yankees tickets, theater tickets, uh, Giants tickets last year. I used it for Third Eye Blind tickets. I I use SeatGeek all the time. I use SeatGeek just to check prices just because I'm curious. Gee, I wonder how much it is to get into these games. But I usually go to baseball games with SeatGeek, and now it's football season. So get on, get on that app and save 20 bucks. Our promo code is FFT. That's such a great deal. And you want to go to a game, you want to save 20 bucks, all you got to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And, of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed on SeatGeek, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek's going to search multiple sites for you, find the best values, make it very obvious for you these are the seats that you want to buy. Again, I love SeatGeek. Please start using it. The promo code is FFT. Download the SeatGeek app and the promo code FFT for 20 bucks off. Uh, the most app, by the way, we're going to preview the Thursday night game, which uh, does not have a lot of starts in it. But here's a look at the most added list in CBSSports.com leagues. Kerwin Williams, number one, 59% owned. Tariq Cohen, number two, 72% owned. Javoris Allen, number three, he's 35% owned. And Giorgio Tavecchio is number four, the Raiders kicker. He's 32% owned. Kenny Galladay up to 63%. Alan Hearns, 37%, Jamie. I think those first five other than Tavecchio are, you know, what we expected. You want to hear a uh, <laughs> what could have been a stupid, stupid buy by me? Um, I'm in a very, very, very deep dynasty league with other analysts, and there is nothing, nothing on waivers. And I did not need Alan Hearns, but I thought, you know, let me just see what happens with Alan Robinson out. So out of a $1,000 uh, budget, I spent $300 on, on Alan Hearns. On Alan Hearns? He, I'm telling you, there's nothing. Yeah. So every like, player you could possibly think of is owned in this league. No Marquise Lee, obviously. 
I have Marquise Lee. Oh, no, I dropped okay. Marquise Lee. Azer strategy. I like it. I like so it. I, I have Azer strategy a lot in that league. I have uh, <laughs> both Rex Burkhead and I think Deion Lewis. No, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Rex Burkhead and James White. Um, there's another one that I have too. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, oh, it's, uh, Larry Fitzgerald and JJ Nelson. There you so go. I, I spent, <laughs> I spent 300 and then every other bid is like Chris Johnson for $7. Uh, this is out of a thousand. <laughs> I think seven out of a thousand. Oh my goodness. It's like so, so nothing. Like Ellington went for four dollars and I'm like, oh god, what did I do? Three hundred dollars. Wow. That's so funny. Alright, Alan start, Hearns. You can start up to seven receivers in this league. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's two, it's two flexes with a, no I'm sorry, it's four flexes with a three receiver league. Oh my goodness. Alright, Alan Hearns, 37% owned. But you like, um, you like Marquis Lee better, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I just think after what we saw last year, um, and even what we saw a couple years ago. You know, look, Hearns was pegged for their slot receiver prior to Robinson going down. Um, we're going to find out what this Jaguars offense looks like when it's trailing. Do they go back to letting Bortles, you know, gunslinger all over the place? And so then these two guys are going to have some big games. Don't Don't judge them strictly after what happened in week one. And uh, Hearns is more owned than Marquise Lee. Lee is 28% owned. Hearns is 37% owned. So that means Marquise Lee's a little under-owned right now. Uh, Kenny Galladay is 63% owned. Cooper Cup, 53% owned. What do you think about those ownership percentages? Appropriate. You know, it's going to continue to climb. Uh, I, I'll say what I wrote yesterday. I'm sure Dave disagreed with me, but I would rather have Cooper Cup than Kenny Galladay. I, I think there's a, a better situation for him than there is for Galladay, although both should be very good moving forward. Um, I've liked Cup all along, as, as I'm sure we've talked about, and I think uh, what his ceiling is is a little bit higher than what Kenny Galladay's ceiling is, aside from the touchdowns. Galladay should be better in scoring touchdowns, but I think Cup will definitely be more involved with targets and catches. All right, the second half of our show is going to be trade-related. Uh, I think the most important thing when you're looking at sell-high candidates, buy-low candidates, is taking a look at Alex Smith, Sam Bradford in particular, and then I would lump in Trevor Simeon there since he had a pretty good game. And I want to know from Jamie how much he buys into Kansas City and Minnesota and, and even Denver's improved offenses. Because if you don't buy into Kansas City and you don't buy into Minnesota, then we got a lot of sell-high candidates, specifically the wide receivers. Stefan Diggs scored three touchdowns last year. He caught two on Monday night. Um, you know, Alex Smith threw 15 touchdowns last year. He threw He threw four at New England in week one. So uh, I don't think you're nobody's buying Alex Smith or anything, but maybe it's Tyree Kill, maybe it's Kareem Hunt. So we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, I want to read an email, go through the rest of the news and notes, and then preview the, the Thursday night game, and then it's all trade for the second half of the show. Email of the day from Eric in Tulsa. Is it not against any sort of fantasy football rankings rules to talk as much trash about Marshawn Lynch as you have this year and then put him in your top five in week two? In which week can I expect Amir Abdullah to jump from the 25th running back to number one overall? That was probably at, uh, directed at Dave, the Amir Abdullah comment. But Jamie, do you still – or ha- did you th- have time to think it over and come to your senses, or do you still have Marshawn Lynch as your number one running back in fantasy this week? Well, in standard, he's number five in PPR. Okay. Um, why why would I have to come to my senses? When you don't I even like Marshawn purpose? Lynch that much. It wasn't not liking Marshawn Lynch. It was not liking Marshawn Lynch for the season when Marshawn Lynch was going to be healthy. I think I've said this many times that he'll have five or six, maybe seven or eight great games. Um, I don't know if you said great games. I mean, that's a big difference. 
Okay, good games. Yeah, good games is one thing. Like eight great games, and he should have been a third-round pick. He had a good pick. game in week one. He, he had, a great o- game. He he had an game. okay game in week one. It was good. It was okay. What do you have, eight eight fantasy points? Sure, but he ran well. 18 for 72. You'll take that. You'll take 18 for 72 well, look, four that's yards where he carry? Was, that's what we were telling people to draft him, that he was a number two running back. We said all along he was just being overvalued. Yeah, I get it, but he's number one for you in standard this yes, week. Yes, he's playing the Jets at home in his first game in Oakland. I he's he's Marshawn Lynch. He's number one for you. Look at look at the week. Okay, so Melvin Gordon. Melvin should be fine. He's playing the Dolphins at okay. home. The Dolphins are also very rested. I mean, I get that like Le'Veon Bell's got the Vikings, and I get that Ezekiel Elliott has the Broncos. He's got the Jets. They're on their second straight road game, having to go across the country. I, that second straight road game thing is, is, I think, complete baloney. That is a Prisco-ism. I don't, I don't, that's... I, uh, I, you should watch the NFL more then if you don't buy into that. I don't buy into it. I, Marshawn Lynch is, uh, is a great, is a good start, but number he one for five you, touchdowns today, Number two, I, I, I can't believe that. Uh, alright. Did you watch the Jets play? I mean, look, the Jets had a, had a decent run defense last year. And, and yeah, that's out the window. And even with that, Mar- uh, Lashawn McCoy was very good against them, and he was good against them last week. I know they don't have Sheldon Richardson, but they still actually do have talent on the offensive line. Plus, they're f- facing a team that actually can pass the ball, unlike uh, Buffalo. So I don't know. It's just it's sh- Marshawn Lynch number one. But let me ask you a question. They gave McCoy twenty-two carries, right? A team that's going to run the ball. Okay. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch and a team that's going to throw the ball just got eighteen carries. Against a better defense. Right. He'll get 18 again. I don't know that, I don't know that the Titans have a better run defense than the Jets. They have a better defense. Adam. <laughs> the Jets still have Muhammad Wilkerson and Leonard Williams on their and defensive line. It. Okay, but that's what we're asking them to stop the run. We're not asking them to rush the passer. Right, but here. once you block those guys, there's not, their linebackers How are How do you block them? They're good. Well, obviously Buffalo did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, it sounds like the Raiders don't have a good offensive line. Lashawn McCoy. Okay, I'm not saying he's going to get stuffed. He's a start. He's a start, but it's just shocking to see him as, as the number one running back in fantasy. I think this, this is a multiple touchdown. Throw Skittles all over that stadium in Oakland. Skittles. It's his first game there. I yeah. This is like okay. Adrian Peterson just went back to Minnesota and he got the first two carries of the game, and he got like three he, more. He faced a good defense. When he's not the guy. <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe that I'm having to defend Marshawn Lynch. You don't have to defend Marshawn Lynch. You have to defend Marshawn Lynch number one overall. Like I get yes. all, I get all the arguments for Marshawn Lynch. We're starting Marshawn Lynch. He could be your start is he your start of the week? No, he's too too obvious. Uh all right, fine. Fine. Well, Eric and Tulsa, I see what you're saying. News and notes. Stop sending me this crap about the Die Hard Christmas book. It's never go. They're making a Die Hard Christmas book. That is a horrible idea for kids. First of all, why? Uh, it's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Yeah, when are you going to get your kid the Die Hard Christmas book? Well, in my household, that may not fly. But yeah, exactly, um, I think if uh, if I was to celebrate Christmas, that would be in every stocking. It's a die. It's a delightful Christmas storybook for adults, based on action-packed Die Hard movie. Uh, and that is for that is according to Amazon. So it's not really a a, a Christmas book because it's for adults. It's a it's a it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick, and it's not a Christmas movie. I mean, some people just never learn. Philadelphia head coach Doug Peterson does not allow tank tops or sleeveless shirts in the cafeteria. Jamie, what do you think about that policy? No tank tops, no sleeveless shirts. 
Well, it would be great for somebody like you who loves <laughs> to be. prance around in tank tops and sleeveless shirts. Yeah, right. Showing off that werewolf body of yours. I own none of those, neither of those, nor do I own a werewolf body. Uh, it's pretty strict. There's actually an interesting story about um, how many people on the Eagles think that Jim Schwartz is trying to usurp Jim Schwartz, their defense coordinator, trying to usurp Doug Peterson. So check it out. Houston tight end C.J. Fedorowicz is on IR. They're not going to really have a tight end this week. Uh, Houston quarterback Deshaun Watson expected to start. Cincinnati guard Trey Hopkins did not practice due to a knee injury. He might miss some time. So that offensive line was bad in week one. Only getting worse right now with Trey Hopkins out, and they have the Thursday game. New Orleans right tackle Zach Streif is going to miss a few games with an MCL sprain. They've got New England coming up. Buffalo cornerback EJ Gaines questionable at Carolina with a shoulder contusion. Denver guard Ronald Leary is in the concussion protocol. He was a pretty big addition for them in the offseason. Uh, and Dallas cornerback in that same game, Dallas-Denver, a good one this week. Orlando Skandrick had hand surgery, but he actually might be able to play this week. One of those quick surgery deals. And we'll tell you about the Thursday night game, Houston at Cincinnati. After we tell you about FanDuel, you need to get on FanDuel right now. You need to use the promo code CBSPOD. And you need to start playing. Contests start at just $1. There are contests for everyone. You can play in high-stakes tournaments with a lot of people. You can play in real small leagues with your friends. You can go head-to-head, one-on-one. You can do 50-50s. I like to do the 100-person 50-50s. I usually play for $5 every week, and half the league wins right around $5. It's not about the money for me. It can be about the money for you. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. But after I do all my research, which is done on Thursday night, uh, I like to make that FanDuel lineup. I like to find the gems, the ones that are going to be good, not the ones that were terrible like last week, and uh, see what I can do and compete against other people who love fantasy football. And there's a real thrill every single week. You can do as many contests as you want. It's so much fun. So get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over a million dollars in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com and use the promo code CBSPOD. FanDuel.com, promo code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. Houston at Cincinnati. I don't want to spend too much time on this game because I'd rather talk trade and because there aren't that many exciting options. Tell me who's an exciting option in Houston at Cincinnati. Well, I I think this is a good week for Lamar Miller. As we talked about with Terrence West last week, uh, when Vontez Perfect is not in there, they have allowed now a running back. Of the 12 games he's missed over the last two seasons, nine times a running back has scored double digits. In fantasy points. So Miller basically was the same guy in week one that he was all of last season. Nine fantasy points. Put him as a number two running back. I think this week he goes from a number two to a number one. So with the short week, with the fact that uh, the Bengals are still missing one of their key run stuffers, I'll buy into Lamar Miller. I'll buy into DeAndre Hopkins too. Oh, okay. Hopkins there it is. Back. Let's, let's go oh. there. Let's go there because Hopkins is very different in the rankings. Jamie's got Hopkins 14th in standard, 12th in PPR. Heath has Hopkins 7th. Dave has Hopkins 32nd in standard, 34th in PPR. And why don't you t- why don't you lead it off? Kick it off. Tell us why you're high on DeAndre Hopkins this week. I mean, the, did you watch week one when all he did was get every target possible? No other wide receiver had a target in that game. Right. No tight ends now for the Texans. Okay. So, so I- go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Finish. No. 16 targets. Um. I I know if you take away the touchdown, it wasn't pretty, but I'll still take my chances with that. And he's clearly a great player. So Watson will, will I would assume, if it's Watson, will pepper him with targets again. So he's 
to me, a, a very safe number two wide receiver with a chance to be a number one guy. Yeah, I, and I, I, I'm gonna have a hard time. I sat, I sat Hopkins last week. I'm not sitting him as, this week. As did I in a couple weeks. And I don't think we were wrong because he didn't play well. You know, uh, he got lucky. With, it's like kind of like Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen ended up as a top twenty wide receiver, but not a lot of yards. Got lucky that he scored. But I will say, as great as the Bengals cornerbacks are, he faced a tougher cornerback situation last week. All right, but the Bengals. They they did a very good job last week. I mean, they held Joe Flacco to 121 passing yards. They gave up one forty-eight, uh, t- 17 attempts. That's uh, the thing. Yeah, one 48-yard touchdown catch to Macklin. That was a big blemish for them. They were playing without their safety, Sean Williams. They were playing without Pac-Man Jones. Jones will be back. No other pass play in that game for the Ravens went for more than 14 yards. But this, again, he threw the ball 17 yeah, times. This, but Okay, but this was a team— that was number two against wide receivers last year, um, and gets Jones back. So, but Drake Kirkpatrick is a little dinged up. So, yeah, it's like I'm almost like saying you start Hopkins, but I'm doing it somewhat nervously. I and I, and I understand that. I, I think, um, you know, if you were to probably and and I'll just tell you how I approached it. Originally, I think I had him in my top ten, and then, oh yeah, Pac-Man's back. Oh yeah, they were really good last year. Let me downgrade him a little bit. I'm surprised Dave is so far removed from – or so has him so far removed from being a starter. And Heath is probably a little bit too aggressive. So it's like uh, – I guess I'm probably like uh, the – which was the bear in Goldilocks? Well, you're the one that's just right. Right, of yeah, course. Yeah, you've got the just right porridge. All right, that's so right. you've got him 14th um, right around Fitzgerald, Crabtree, Golden uh, just, Tate. Just, just, let me just look, tell you something real quick while I'm looking at this. So the Bengals were great last year, right? So would you say Hopkins is getting 10-plus targets? Yes, absolutely. Easy? Yeah. Okay. So last year they had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 scenarios where they gave up double digits in targets to a wide receiver. Of those 8, 1, 2, 3, Three of those eight double digits in fantasy points. So not a great, not great ratio. Now they often gave up fantasy points to the like secondary receivers too. Well, of those guys, I'm just looking at it quickly. One was Crowder. Yep. In the game with Garcon and Jackson. Mm-hmm. One was Odell Beckham. I think he's pretty good. He's good. One was Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, I'm sorry, Sanders and Demarius Thomas both went off in that game. If yep. you recall, that was Simeon's best game. Yep. And one was. Well, that was all the, those the three. Okay. Alright, uh, so Hopkins, like, I was gonna give my examples. I know I have Hopkins in two leagues, but whatever. Whatever. I think we've said enough. Um, Lamar Miller is a start, as Jamie said. Jamie's got him 11th in both, both formats. And, uh, we're not starting Dalton. We're not starting Watson. We are starting AJ Green. The Cincinnati running backs. Go. Hands off for now, still. I think you can see a situation where one guy does well, one guy scores, one does something. But uh, carries were evenly distributed. Mixon was the touch leader. I hope that this is the week he does something because, as we have talked, it didn't really materialize as much last year as in years past. But Thursday night is typically better for running backs than we, you know, see on Sundays in some scenarios because tired defenses. So um, if if like I have, I, I'll give you one team where I have Mixon. I have Mixon, Gillisley. And the Buccaneers running backs. I'm starting Jacquez Rogers over Joe Mixon. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to. And none of these guys are like top 30 guys, are they? 
No. Yeah. All right. Avoid the uh, Cincinnati backfield. Starter sit Tyler Eifert. Houston allowed the third fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends last season. Eifert had one catch on one target last week. And you laughed at me when I said I was going to sit him. I did? What are you sitting, Tyler Eifert? Wait, come, what do you did, have Marshawn Lynch ranked number wait, one? Wait, wait, wait. Did I really? I believe so. For who'd you sit him for? No, no, no. I had him as a, as a sit in the column. I did not laugh at you. Did I? Maybe it was Nick. Hey, maybe it was me. I don't know. I, the, Could have been. I started. Last I think it's a little bit of a blur. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, all right. Well, what do you have Eifert this week? I would start. I mean, look, it's hard to get away from him. So it, uh, it should be a bounce back game for him. Fleener or uh, Eifert? Eifert. All right. You have Eifert 10th. So it looks like a pretty normal week. I mean, there are no, there are no sleepers here. Nothing too sneaky. And the DSTs are good, especially the Texans DST top seven for everybody. Dave really likes the Bengals DST. You do not. 16th. Yeah, I just don't. I think this is a Lamar Miller game. All right. I should probably move them up though, just think with, with Watson being banged up. All right, Jamie. So uh, would you start the, uh, let's see. We're going to play the DST game. Got to start the Rams and the Ravens over them, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, would you start the Bengals? I mean, sorry, would you start the Bengals or the Lions? I would start the Bengals over the Bengals. Yeah. Um, I would start the Lions because the Giants have now gone seven games in a row under 20 points. That's pathetic. Okay. Let's talk trade. Here we go. How, what do you think about the Chiefs and Vikings and their offenses? I think that the Vikings took advantage of an amazing matchup at home. I think the Chiefs probably took advantage of what could be a good matchup, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Um, I think they're both offenses. I, I, I understood what you're saying in terms of the receivers versus the quarterbacks and what they traditionally have been. But Tyreek Hill, for what it's worth, still scored nine touchdowns last year uh, with Alex Smith. I know it was fluky with three rushing touchdowns, but still scored six receiving touchdowns. And Stephon Diggs was somebody that Heath definitely loved, as we're all well aware. Um, I warmed up to as the offseason went uh, went on and um, thought that this could be a breakout season for him. And Thielen was somebody that closed the year playing very well. So um, we also, you know, as, as great as Alex Smith was, he did that without Travis Kelsey doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think both these offenses have a chance to be successful. Like I'm really curious with the Vikings. I think the Chiefs are going to put up points this week. The I believe the Vegas total is is right in line with uh, it being a high scoring game. The over under. I'm sorry. The the total points. Okay. Um, and without Darby in there for the Eagles, I think this is a game where they could you know have some winning moments. So Smith is is a borderline number one guy. And I wonder if Bradford can keep up with Roethlisberger if the Steelers' offense comes to play, which they typically do at home. They average 30 points. They at last year they averaged over 30 points per game in the games Roethlisberger started in Pittsburgh. So um, it could be a shootout potentially. Look, Bradford, I'm I'm starting to kind of feel it with Bradford. Uh, last night I was sort of thinking like this, there might be something here. I don't want to overreact to the Saints, but three straight games going back to last year with 28 or more fantasy points for Bradford. He really closed strong. And like I said on yesterday's show, it coincided with Adam Thielen coming on strong. Uh, but I, I do think that if you don't really believe in the Vikings offense and you, 
Stefan Diggs could be an amazing sell high candidate because a lot of people believe in Stefan Diggs and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. I don't know if he's a sell high candidate. I want to go, I know what, I want to know what you think. Um, but like I said, three touchdowns last year and that was just kind of the whole thing with me is like, Sam Bradford just doesn't throw touchdowns. I don't think he's ever thrown more than 23. So, Diggs caught two. You're never gonna, he's gonna, that's probably gonna be the best matchup he has all year. He was wide open a lot. Um, I they know, were so wide open. Right? They were so wide open, but. Yeah, good, good luck stopping the Patriots this week. The line was better. And, uh, Bradford looked great, and I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give up on a real breakout here, but. Diggs or Hopkins, rest of season? I'll still take Hopkins, but I, I think that's close. You know, I mean, look, Hopkins had his big breakout season in his third year. This is Diggs' third year. And the hope would be – see, this is what you want. You want the players you invest in to take advantage of the good matchups and then still have the chance to play well in the tougher ones. Mm-hmm. And so if this offense is potentially on the verge of something – I don't know, great, but but better, then – could it be a shootout with the Steelers? Could it be a shootout in the two games with the Packers? Could they dominate the Bears? Could they dominate, you know, the, I don't know, dominate, but could they, uh, score well against the Lions? You know, so when they get into their, the meat of their schedule, is he still doing this? Now, the other side of it with Diggs is he's missed time with injuries. And so, you know, he took that big hit on the, on the sideline catch. Uh, he got upset. He was fine, but, um, you know, is he going to miss two or three games? So it's not bad to, to try and, See if you get great value in return for him. And certainly if you're, um, I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but if you're looking at the David Johnson owner and saying, okay, here's, you know, you have to move stuff around now. You may need a flex. Uh, did you draft two quarterbacks? Did you draft two tight ends? Did you draft something that I could help myself with and I could flip Stefan Diggs to get maybe another piece or two pieces to give you something that will help you in your starting lineup? Diggs or Demarius? Uh, I'll say Diggs PPR, Demarius I, standards. Though. I'll tell you something, man. I, I think, um, well, I don't like that they lost Ronald Leary, but you gotta be pretty happy with the way the Broncos. How long is Leary out? I didn't see. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It was a Monday night game, so, you know, we don't, won't have that much, uh, info. What was it? A concussion, I said? Yeah, he's in the concussion protocol. So he might not oh, miss any time. he's not lost. Time. He's just me. Right. Sorry. He might not miss any time. Um, I think Demarius, since he didn't put up big numbers, is somebody I might be looking to buy low on because I, I do feel like you, you felt more confident in CJ Anderson and the Broncos offense as a whole. And I think they backed it up. It, it was a tough matchup for the Broncos receivers, but I think they backed it up. Uh, the Broncos offense did in week one. I totally agree. I mean, uh, Emmanuel Sanders was a fingertip away from one touchdown and a toe tap away from a second touchdown. Um, I was happy with that because I had him as a sit and start sit, but uh, <laughs> unhappy for the people who started him. Um, and Thomas, look, he he did look good. And I think the the storyline of the hip injury being better, offensive line being better, Simeon being more confident. When I talked to Demarius at the Pro Bowl, I said to him, this was the, at the time of the Tony Romo rumors of him potentially going to Denver. And I said, you know, where, where are you at with the quarterback situation? He's like, you know, the guy's got a year under their belt. He was talking about Lynch as well. They got a year under their belt. He goes, I bet you they're going to be better. And I looked at him kind of like, well, really? You don't want an upgrade there? And he's like, we're, we're confident in, in the guys we have. You know, maybe it was just coach speak, but uh, I think it's played itself out that Simeon looked more confident. He made some downfield throws that were a little bit more aggressive. He put the ball in traffic to his guys. And like you said, tough matchup. So this will be another week that should be interesting. 
Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you that Demarius Thomas is uh, is a great buy low candidate, and probably the same thing for Sanders because you could get him much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Is that they're going to still have some good moments moving forward? Okay, uh, let's go to well. Let me ask you: anybody on top of your mind that you really want to buy or sell right now? Buy low or sell high? You know, I I, I put in the uh, in the David Johnson injury reaction that you could probably look at some of these running backs that had some question marks. Uh, Abdullah was was one that we've already talked about. Mark Ingram is another because of the the fact that Alvin Kamara played more snaps. Uh, I believe had more carries than Ingram. You know, that's somebody that you can maybe get cheap. Um, DeMarco Murray, just with the narrative of, you know, Derrick Henry still being there and, and, and not having the best week one. Um, and maybe, you know, you just be aggressive with it and try and attack the Le'Veon Bell owner. If he lost week one and, and maybe had a rough situation, that's going to be tougher to pry Le'Veon away. But if you're, uh, if you're a good salesman, <laughs> you know, maybe you can, uh, you could pull that off. And probably the same thing with Crowell if you want to wait a week, because I don't think Isaiah Crowell is going to be very good in this game against Baltimore. Mm hmm. Uh, right, no, right. There's another thing you can do is just just be a little bit patient. Uh, do you think that Devontae Adams is a buy low? Three catches, 47 yards on seven targets, and it seems like the Packers' game plan was just to keep everything short. Uh, they seem to make a reference to that that the that's what the Seahawks' defense was giving them, and Randall Cobb really took advantage of that. Plus, Adams. I would be surprised if he didn't see more Richard Sherman than any other wide receiver. That's what I noticed. I didn't see every snap of that game, but I think he got more Richard Sherman than any other Packers wide receiver. Uh, do you think Devontae Adams is a buy low? Uh, yes, because of everything you just said. And don't uh, forget to mention that Jeremy Lane got thrown out of that game. So that's another cornerback that was missing. And so it made sense to try and go in a different direction. And if you recall... The Jordy Nelson touchdown, I don't think we talked about this on Sunday, came on Rodgers catching them with 12 men on the field. There was a penalty flag thrown, and, you know, he just did what he typically does, which is uh, find a mistake and, and, and expose it. So um, if you're going to buy low on Adams, you got to do it before Sunday because that's going to be the uh, the game you're not allowed to mention. Um, oh, you're not allowed to mention it. Why? Because uh, I'm, I'm making my public apology to Ty Montgomery as the start of the week. <laughs> so the Falcons-Packers game is off the table, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, fine. All right, so uh, just just to give you a note. I don't know sucks. if this is 100 percent accurate, but uh, where does Jeff work? Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus said there were only four situations on Sunday or this week where there was a shadow, complete shadow. So Adams may have seen a lot of time on Richard Sherman, but it wasn't like Sherman following around the field. It was Janoris Jenkins on Des. Patrick Peterson on Marvin Jones, which yes. is very important yeah, to is. think about with the Kenny Galladay scenario. Yep. And the two Broncos guys. Verrett followed Sanders, and Hayward followed Demarius Thomas. Now, again, this is just something about, but uh, Jeff is somebody that I respect, and he writes for uh, he writes about fantasy football for Pro Football Focus. The Janoris Jenkins-Des Bryant thing is freaking awesome. Like, those two guys go at it. They talk trash every play. It's fun. It is fun. I'll tell you, I sat Des in a couple of leagues, which I wasn't happy about. Um, Good job. Just because I don't want to ever sit studs, but uh, it was it. There were look if uh, Dak puts the slant route in the end zone on Dez's hands, that's touchdown. Oh, I might have missed that. I was I was There's a, he overthrew. Him. We were on the air. I was editing. I might have missed that. But that pass interference was BS, by the way. Um, yeah, but he probably could have gotten three or four other pass interference calls. Yeah, whatever. He's the best. So uh, other let, let's okay more names. Um, sell high on Mike Gillisley. It's not a bad call, but I, I will say this. If you're of the mindset to sell high on Mike Gillsley, 
we could all agree that that was not the best Patriots showing mm-hmm. offensively, and he scored three touchdowns. So as we are well aware after watching last year, um, there are going to be a lot of short area touchdowns for the Patriots. And so it may not be three touchdowns, but as we talked about on Friday and on Sunday and on Monday, every time we brought up Mike Gilsley, I think the baseline for him is in the 40s. You and I both agree he'll be better than that, but in the 40s. Yards, you mean? Huh? For what is the 40s? 40 rushing yards. Oh, yards. Okay. That to me is the floor and a touchdown. I think that's, that's what you'll get 12 games a week, 12 games for the season. Uh, he's, you know, it's tough to be, he caught no passes and he's not going to catch them. Only three of the top 10 running backs last year in standard had fewer than 40 catches. One of them was LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, unfortunately, he might have fewer than 20 catches. So it is tough. There are going to be some bad games in there. But if I, I do own Gillisley in a lot of leagues, I haven't put out any offers. I don't think anybody's really willing to give me what I'd be looking for, which would be like a top 10 running back for Gillisley. Uh, I would trade him for, you know, for the, the really good ones. But after that, I, like, I don't know that I would trade. I guess I would trade him for Carlos Hyde. I would probably do that in PPR. In standard, who would you rather have, Gillisley or Hyde? I think Gillisley, just with this, the scare of Carlos Hyde missing time, which is something that's had been a problem for him the last two years. Would you try to sell high on Terrence West, or do you think he's legit? Maybe after this week? Maybe, but now he got a boost. He did. You know, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that I was a little surprised the overblown running out to get Javorius Allen because he's the best running back now in, in Baltimore. I, yeah. I don't think that's the case. Mm-mm. So I, I saw some uh, some of my peers tweeting that, oh, Javorius Allen, now the best running back in Baltimore. No. All right, Still so Terrence West. Tell me buy low, whole, buy low or just or, – or no. Buy low or no. Kelvin Benjamin. Buy low. How do you – like give me a little more on that. Sorry. <laughs> Tell no, me buy low or no. That's my fault <laughs> because I want to talk about him. I think he's pretty interesting. One catch for 25 yards on five targets for Kelvin Benjamin in week one. And the best interception of the week came on a target for him. Tremendous. Uh, you know, in the end zone. So they're going to be in more games where they have to throw. I, I think this is, uh, not necessarily one of those weeks against Buffalo at home, but, um, you have to be encouraged by Cam struggling to start the game, looking better to close the game. And I, I think we'll see some, some big weeks ahead for Benjamin, but you just have to know what he is. He's, he's going to be one of those guys. I'll put him in the, the Sanders, uh, Fitzgerald. Um, I don't know anybody else maybe that falls in line with that, but they're going to be some big weeks. They're going to be some bad weeks. By the end of the season, he'll be a top 24 type of wide receiver. Um, he's, he's a number two guy, you know, so don't overpay for him, but buy low is perfect. Would you give up Adam Thielen for Kelvin Benjamin? Standard, yes. PPR, no. I love Benjamin's schedule. I love that. I'm not going to go through the, the whole, whole thing. Panther schedule's great. Yeah, they have a good schedule. Cam threw 25 passes last week. That'll go up. And only Christian McCaffrey had more targets than Kelvin Benjamin, so that's encouraging. Uh, buy low or no, Joe Mixon? Absolutely. I, I still think the best is yet to come. Uh, I almost hope that the Bengals lose this week and, and he looks good, but they don't give him the work that they need. And then everybody in Cincinnati hopefully starts hammering Marvin Lewis and saying, why don't you give this kid more work? Um, it also would be kind of fun to see uh, maybe the Cardinals be aggressive and try and trade for one of the Bengals guys. Well, it's not worth doing it unless it's mixing. <laughs> well, no, Bernard could be good. Yeah, I guess. Uh, we are not concerned about Le'Veon Bell. Seattle running game. Buy low or no on anyone in the Seattle running game? Rawls, You could probably say. try and buy low on Thomas Rawls. You know, the fact that Chris Carson's getting a lot of hype and Rawls didn't play. 
I think Rawls is uh, scheduled to play uh, the latest report I saw this week, and mm-hmm. he should do well against the 49ers in a game where they should dominate time of possession. So um, you're not buying low on Eddie Lacy. You're not buying low on CJ Procise, and, and Carson's a waiver wire guy. So that's the uh, that's the only guy I think you look at. Carson's a waiver wire guy, but we talked about it yesterday. He's a good stash. For sure. Yeah. Um, buy low or no, I'm Marcus Mariota, and I'll just remind you, his next three games are Jacksonville, Seattle, and Houston, two of them on the road. Don't love him this week. I think that Jacksonville defense is for real. You know, the the guys that they added and the players that they have, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a tough situation for, for Mariota. I was surprised to see Dave and, and Heath have him ranked so high. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can buy low on him uh, with the thought of, didn't have the best week one game. You know, I think he still finishes a top twelve guy just because of all the poor performances. <laughs> Terrible. But, um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't what I hoped for. Clearly, when I had him as the start of the week, I still think the there's there's a big year ahead for him. So yeah, sure. If you want to carry two quarterbacks, don't want to have to start him through this this little bit of a, a tough stretch. Then absolutely. Yeah, and if you're the David Johnson owner, uh, kind of a different note here. If you have some quarterback depth, you should deal it. You know, that's something that you could try to take advantage of right now. Especially, like, actually look at the Mario, Mario donor. Yes, is he a buy low candidate? Sure. But the next three weeks really might be tough for him. At Jacksonville, home against Seattle, at Houston. Then his following three games are Miami, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, try to look at the Mario owner maybe after this week, if he has another bad game. And if you've got some quarterback depth, that's an owner to target and say, hey, you need some help? Here's a quarterback, give me a running back, something like that. Maybe it works for you. By low or no on Hunter Henry, no targets at Denver. Played 39% of the snaps. Gates played 66%. By low or no on Hunter Henry. Yeah, what a poop show that was. Um, I, I, <laughs> so many tweets that night. Where is he? What's happening? What's wrong? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's bad. It was, it's scary. I'm not touching it. Uh, I mean, if you get him cheap enough. It's it's worth it. I dropped him in a 10-team league where I drafted him and Tyler Eifert just because he was there at the end of the draft. Um, so I don't need to carry two tight ends. But uh, I did see him dropped in another league that we're – I think we might both be in. Um, so I'd pick him up in that scenario. And if you could get him for nothing, you know – look, if you if you were the Jack Doyle owner and somebody's willing to give you Hunter Henry for, for nothing, why would you not try and make that swap? I guess you're probably going to have to hang on to two tight ends. Yeah, but what if he comes out and just plays great against Miami, which is clearly in the realm of possibility? It is, but is anybody going to start him this week, or is he going to do it on your bench? I'm starting him because I don't want to carry two tight ends in a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, to be quite honest, Jamie, I think it's, well, you tell me, is it more likely that uh, that Antonio Gates has a good game than Hunter Henry this week? It could be both. We saw that a lot last year. Who are you going to rank ahead? I still have Henry ranked ahead because I think he's better. Yeah, I just wonder if it's going to be like Gates for the early part of the season before Henry takes over, but we'll see. I just wonder, like, if he did something wrong. Did he miss an assignment? Did he, you know, not get a block right? I don't know. I mean, they they still like Gates, but sure, but to completely go away from him? Yeah, zero targets. Eesh. All right, uh, let's finish with some emails. Some grade the trade. Grade the trade from Matthew. By the way, if you're new to this, a C is even. Even. Wait, can even. I just tell you something real quick about Henry? Yeah. So my we we were in that flex draft where you uh stole the Rams defense because you were so in tune with following through on that entire pick, um <laughs> and got you that week one. Uh, did you win? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have without the Rams defense. <laughs> so my team, somewhat strategically, somewhat lucky, um, is incredible. Is, huh? It's incredible. 
it, it has a chance to be, but I lost Spencer Ware. I lost, uh, Cameron Meredith. I don't have Willie Sneed for three games. Don't so. say you lost Spencer Ware. You lost Spencer Ware. You had Kareem Hunt. That was a net win for you. Okay. So I, <laughs> I got lucky with, that's what I'm saying. Like somewhat yeah. strategically, somewhat lucky that Kareem Hunt became what he could be. But, uh, I planned on a turn. I don't remember what round it was. Six, seven, seven, eight. I saw the two owners behind me had tight ends. And I wanted Zach Ertz. I so wanted Zach Ertz. But I, I think this is, might have been the round where I took Kareem Hunt. So I took Kareem Hunt to handcuff to, to, to where. And the guy after me, or two guys after me, took a second tight end in Ertz. And I ended up with Hunter Henry. Can you imagine oh, what that team would be? Yeah. Yeah. Cause did you mention that you have Zeke in that league? That's the, this is the league where it was right after the suspension was announced. And I told everybody, I'm going to take him in the second round. Pick, I think I ended up picking ninth because you bailed on me. Yeah, um, I traded draft picks. Right. Or I was supposed to pick 11th and I, I think you picked 10th. Picked 10th. Yeah. Right. And you took And so, yes, I took Devontae Freeman and Ezekiel with my first two picks and I ended up with Kareem Hunt. Oh my, so my God. And you have Kareem Hunt. I forgot you have Devontae Freeman in that league. That is ridiculous. Your wide receivers may not be so good, but oh my God, you're running. Oh, I have prior Crabtree and Sneed were my top. Prior is another guy that I think we could put as a bylaw. He had such a bad game, but he Same is with Crowder. really talented, and they're going to look for him unless he keeps dropping the ball and screwing up. Well, I'll tell you what. I know it's risky, and and we talked about this up in the show. Jordan Reed's a bylaw candidate because people are going to be scared about the toe, and he didn't have a great game. So if you can get something cheap for him, look. At some, let's just say you're the Jack Doyle owner or the Hunter Henry owner or whatever, and the Reed owner may have something, another tight end, because they panicked and they picked up another, they, maybe they have Charles Clay or whoever, Chloe Fleener. Uh, why not try and see if you can get Charles Clay or, um, Jordan Reed cheap, and that gets you through four or five weeks instead of Cameron Brait or, uh, Jesse James or whoever it may be. So let's grade the trade and go to Matt. Again, C is average. Give up Mike Evans in a half PPR. Give up Evans. Get Doug Baldwin and Ty Montgomery. Give up Evans, get Baldwin and Montgomery. If you need the running back depth, then yes. He does. I like it. It's a B plus. From J Mac in Cleveland. Uh, good morning, Dwight, Jim, Andy, and Stanley. That's the office, right? Yep. 12-team PPR. Anytime, I, I never watch the show, which I would like to, but what? every time I hear Dwight, I know that's Never watch The Office? I mean, you know I don't watch a lot of TV, so I would You like do, to watch. too, watch a lot of TV. You watch everything on HBO. That's it. <laughs> well, expand your horizons a little bit. Uh, J-Mac has, needs running back depth, or needs a running back. 12-team PPR. Would you give up Keenan Allen and Theo Riddick for Dalvin Cook? Keenan Allen and Theo Riddick for Dalvin Cook. He has Evans, Baldwin, Parker, and Galladay. Yes. Yeah, I like it. That's another B+. Plus. Ryan from a town outside of Philly. That'll be Dave's gimmick. Um, dear George, Tom. Yeah, Harrisburg. Harrisburg. Okay. <laughs> George, Tom, Teddy, and Abe. George, Tom. Uh, Teddy. are these presidents? Yeah, they gotta be, right? Oh, it's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Okay. So Tom. Good old Tom Jeff out there. Uh, alright, have PPR. Give Michael Thomas. Get Dalvin Cook. Give Michael Thomas. He, he I, I think it depends it. what you need. He could use the running backs. Then yes. All right, we'll call it a C. We'll call it an even C. Uh, I, I have a thought on Dalvin Cook. I want to give it tomorrow. Nick Schrader. Trade Dez. Give Dez, get McCaffrey in PPR. 
Give Dez get McCaffrey in PPR. Uh, if you need the running back depth, yes. It's yeah. very similar to the really? previous trade. Who do you like better in PPR, Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey. You do? Okay. Who do you like better, Des Bryant or Michael Thomas? Thomas. All right. All right, uh, we're done. I mailbag tomorrow because I do I do feel bad about not reading emails. So mailbag tomorrow. We'll do tough calls and we'll do like a mini mailbag for about ten minutes or so. We'll try to get a lot of emails read because we're getting so many. Um, and I appreciate that. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. Jamie, hopefully you'll be in sunny Fort Lauderdale tomorrow. Thank you for filling in. Appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thank you to everybody for listening as always and for all the well wishes for all of us while we've been uh, displaced. Absolutely. This is fantasy football today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.